Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tales from the Fog. I'm your host, Casey, and with me, as always, is the amazing and wonderful Veronica. How are you doing? Hello. Good. How are you? Good. And today we have with us Rick West once again. I was waiting for the oh, intro. Yeah. There's some people going, who the hell is that? Rick West? You're the third member of the podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. All right. So Rick West from Midsummer Scream. <laughs> there you, you should, go. No, there I should do go. that again because you... you should, well, we have the other intro, so we can cut it. That's true. And that was a good intro. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just rolling through it. There you go. <laughs> okay. And so what were we talking about? No, I think you should just start again. Yeah. Take three. Clap. Take. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to Tales from the Fog. I'm your host, Casey. And with me, as always, is the amazing and wonderful Veronica. How are you doing? <laughs> this oh, is staying good. This isn't gonna get it out. <laughs> I'm okay. great, Casey. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. We had a wonderful dinner. Nothing happened at all. And uh, we have exactly. Rick West with us for Midsummer Scream. This is already so far off the rails. Like people are either in the car or on the toilet going, What am I in for? What's going on with this podcast? It does follow suit with our track record of Huh? Yeah. everybody and welcome back to tales from the fog i'm your host casey and with me as always is our amazing and wonderful sound engineer veronica hello and today with us we have rick west from midsummer scream hey guys sound engineer i don't know that i remember you being introduced as sound engineer before is this new or she gotta pay up it's not new it's the it's casey being passive aggressive because i asked him to turn off the air conditioning oh that's what we got going here (laughs) this is fine though because i am the sound engineer there you go all right but i appreciate the shout out there you go (laughs) so that mean you don't want the pay increase oh we get paid (laughs) well i was gonna double your salary of zero dollars there you go I don't deserve you, Casey. <laughs> so welcome back, Rick West. I'm glad to be here with you guys, and it's without a mask on. Yes. How cool is that? It is very nice. We're all vaccinated, and we all went to dinner, and we had no masks in there either, because yeah, there was a sign that said, amazing. if you were vaccinated, you didn't need to wear a mask. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing, uh, you know, because obviously it's been such a long time to finally start doing normal things mm-hmm. again. It's just, it's really kind of weird because your brain has already been, you know, rewired for so long that yeah. when you go out in public, you're like, it's like having the dream where you go to school without clothes on, right? <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. What the hell? You know, but it, it's great. It's great to finally get, you know, our lives back and, and to get things on track as we all march back towards what, what is normal. Yeah. Although what we consider normal will probably be a little bit shifted. I think that this has kind of changed us all considerably maybe I, I i think to a certain degree um you know and we may have even talked about it last time i was here you know i, I think that nobody gets out of this the same as they were going into this yeah. yeah and i and i think that everybody we do suffer our own versions of ptsd from this whether it be i'm gonna forever have skin crawlies whenever there's more than five people near me to 
I'm always going to feel weird without a mask. I, I mean, the different strokes for different po- folks, and and it's all legit and it's all understandable because this has all been incredibly damaging yeah. to psyches, to lives. I mean, this is hopefully a once in a lifetime, you know, yeah. event. This is what they're going to be talking about a hundred years from now. Was the great pandemic of 2020, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy to even think about that, right? Our grandkids will do reports on it, <laughs> right? Exactly. So and they'll interview you. Yeah, they're yeah. reports. I remember back in the day, but it, it is something horrendous that we've all lived through. It's it's like you know 9/11 times a hundred. Yeah, and it's on a global scale, mm-hmm. and uh, so no, I, I think that yes, I think for the most part we have we will have normal back and we will have our lives back and every row will be filled in pirates at Disneyland on the boat mm-hmm. and, and concerts will be going again soon. And so, yes, I think that normal will be coming back, but you're right. I think that we all will pause and think about, you know, certain things, whether it be how huggy feely we are with people that yeah. we don't know. I think gone are the days of just hugging everybody to be friendly and cool. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. I think that fist bumps now are going to be a lot more, um, acceptable even even in formal meetings i think that you might be able to just get away with nice to meet you how are you and don't worry about extending your hand yeah so i think that there are things that we are going to see socially that get shifted and hopefully uh uh, managers being cool with you not coming in when you are sick will be wouldn't that be nice more sick time yeah i've always i mean i i'm not the owner of a business really but i mean i've always thought you know, if you have an employee that's not feeling well, don't make them come in and get everybody else sick. Yeah, because no. just... Jesus, just stay at home and, and get rid of whatever it is. And you know what? And if you have an employee that, for whatever reason, has to lie about not feeling good because they got to do some business, dude, they don't want to be there anyway. Then just yep. let them do the business. That's their own karma they got to deal with. And just get on with it. But no, I think... Everybody can raise their hand and say it's been great not to have, you know, caught a cold or had the flu or been oh, yeah. sick for like the last two plus it's years. You know, that's great. Yeah. So I think the first time any of us catches the sniffles or whatever, we're going to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't it. believe I got the bug again. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. So but I do think that everybody is so ready to be normal. So yeah. ready. And it's so great that we were able to go out to eat without the mask. And it's just, you know, we waited for this moment for an excruciating amount of time and here it is and uh i applaud that mm-hmm. yeah. and we finally get to talk about something that isn't the cancellation of something or yes. you know us, this constant loss the yeah. building of something something new something interesting coming to something southern california new and shiny which yeah. is the reason i'm here with you guys today so we just very recently this last week we dropped a bombshell and we announced awaken the spirits which is a midsummer scream produced we're, we're calling it a, a, a pop-up event. Mm-hmm. Our version of a pop-up event is like bigger than some people's conventions ever, you know, will be. But we are going to have Awaken the Spirits um, at the Pasadena Convention Center, August 14th and 15th. And it came about very quickly. I mean, I learned about it just a hair before I told you guys, hey, I need to come talk to you. You know, on the, <laughs> you know this is all new to all of us. And really... We announced, last time I was with you guys, we had talked about season screamings, yeah, which will be also at the Pasadena Convention Center, and that's at the end of December. It's, it's the weekend before Christmas. That's the easiest way to remember it. It's the weekend before Christmas. It's the 17th through 19th in December. Um, so we, the team, the executive team at Midsummer had kind of just like shifted gears and accepted, well, we lost this summer again. 
Uh, there's nothing we can do about it that's out of our hands. And it really, really sucks. But let's just focus all of our firepower now on December. Yeah. And that's what we were. And that, that, that's, that's what we were doing. And that's, that's where the headset was. That's certainly where my head was. And, um, you know, kind of unbeknownst to me the entire time, Gary Baker... Uh, if, Hi, if, Gary. <laughs> if people are looking to give anybody props, Gary Baker really is, is the catalyst for this because even though we had accepted and agreed, yep, okay, we lost this summer, let's just focus on making the best Christmas event that we can, Gary has continuously just needled and needled and needled mm-hmm. David Barkland. We got to do something. We have, the community needs something. We have to do something. And so, that fire had been lit and just would not go out. And what happened was we had an opportunity. Something opened up and it was just literally a matter of a message to me from David saying, hey, what do you think about this? I think we can do this. It's like in less than two months, <laughs> but we looks like we don't have any of the restrictions and things are getting better very rapidly. Do you want to do this? And I'll be the first person to say that if I ever, if I never have to do another like virtual anything, yeah. it'll be too soon, right? <laughs> and I know that we had talked about doing something online, you know, the weekend of midsummer again this year. And that's fine. But it just was like, for me, I'm so over everything that I just want to get the community back together and, and have just fun in person being normal with everybody right and feeling that electricity Mm -hmm. that really kind of only comes at a midsummer event you really feel that in the air you know Mm -hmm. and so david said what do you think and i said dude if we can pull this off go for it do it pull the trigger yeah and 24 hours later we were on it and so we 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 have less than two months you know to to pull this thing off and now Back in the beginning, we only had four months to come up with Midsummer Scream and and pull off the first Midsummer Scream, and and we did it. And uh, we know the the story after that. It's it's been fairly well received. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so there's no doubt in our mind that we can awaken the spirits is not not going to be an issue. Obviously, it presents its own it, its own challenges. Any any even if you do the same venue twenty years in a row. Every year has its own, you know, challenges. You yeah. guys are in production. You know how it is. Something always comes up. Or you're always trying to strive for something bigger and better that you know is going to be a challenge. And, oh, mm-hmm. God, it would be easier if we just didn't even try. But you're going to try because yeah. that's what we do, mm-hmm. right? So not saying that it's challenge-free, but, you know, the events that we're going to do at Pasadena, just size-wise and capacity-wise, just because of the venue, they're about one-third the size of Midsummer Scream. Mm-hmm. So we kind of think of it as fun size. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like when you're trick-or-treating and you get the small candies. That's kind of what this is. So uh, Awaken the Spirits, we named it that because it just, um, it is what it is. It's the first time that the Midsummer Scream team has produced an event, you know, uh, a live event like that since, you know, the world ended, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was a big deal and we're calling the community together for the first time. So I, we just thought that was the appropriate name and the team liked it right away and off we went. We, and this, this is the case with this since it's so short window. We literally was like, what do you think for a name? Okay, here's my list of 10 names. 
pick one. <laughs> there, there's <laughs> no going go back. There's no banter yeah. time. Like pick one. And luckily, they you know David really liked Waking the Spirits. The team really liked that. It, it's 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 not just the name. It's just it's it's a call to action. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's how, kind of how I sold it to him. Was like it, this is a call to action because it's it's the 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 community will instantly get what it is. Obviously, it's a haunted mansion. You know, reference mm-hmm. Madame Leota. It's not a haunted mansion show, but hey, this community gets what that is. But it's also the call action, you know. So it, it's a twofer mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the challenges. Yeah. Because California is uh, opening up. They have yep. released a bunch of the restrictions that have been on the state for a long time. Um, we know what some of the restrictions are. So what's the deal with masks? Are you going to have to do vaccination verifications and all that stuff? Um, are masks going to be required? Like, what's the whole situation as far as COVID protocols that you guys are doing for the show? Sure. So first and foremost, we want to say that all along, anything that we've ever done has been with the safety and the well-being of the community, first and foremost. Yeah. Right? That's why we made the very tough decision for a business to shut down our flagship show for the, the last two summers. That said, we are now following all guidelines and mandates set forth by CDC, by state, and by local and venue. Mm-hmm. Um, we will follow in accordance with those guidelines. We are not going to go up and beyond to impose our own measures for okay. anybody. We want everybody to be comfortable, and we get that not everybody may be comfortable. And, you know, totally respect that. That's totally legit. I, I totally get that. And what I would say personally is if you're on the fence about doing any event where certain things like masks or social distancing aren't required, yeah, maybe you should just ride this one out. Mm-hmm. And then in a few months, we'll be back again with season screamings and Halloween will be in full swing in a few months. Give it time. If you're not ready, we're going to be there for you as soon as you are to welcome you back with open arms. Yeah. We are not going to self-impose. Uh, any further things like checking for vaccine verification, you got to wear a mask. We're, we're not going to do any of that. If the Pasadena Convention Center doesn't have anything like that, we're just going to go hand in hand with them. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's the fair answer. Um, we're comfortable with that. And certainly we think a lot of a lot of fans are also ready for that. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good idea. So what 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 can we expect from the show? What are, are so we know where there's going to be vendors? There's lots of vendors. We we have well over 250 vendors at wow. this point Whoa. signed up. That's a lot of vendors. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> right, the joke is well, it's it's a midsummer pop up, right? Yeah. You know that that's more vendors than most shows. Why? So the yeah. entirety of Midsummer Scream is gonna just pop up. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So what what we won't have. At this, we won't have a lot of the breakout rooms that have like the live entertainment. You won't have like um, Force of Nature Productions doing something. You won't have a Black Cat Lounge. Um, We will not have like different like we won't have a podcaster room. We won't have that that kind of thing. Right. Um, We will not have a Hall of Shadows type of thing. Um, that that's number one, probably the biggest difference that yeah. sets Midsummer apart from anything else. Um, we will have a darkened hall at Season Screamings. Awesome! And I can tell you guys right now that's going to be called the Hall of Yuletide Spirits. Ooh. And so that's that awesome. is coming in December, and it's going to be fantastic. Cal Haunts, they're already designing the entry experience for that. So, but again, think smaller. This is definitely not Long Beach. The yeah. the entirety of what we're doing for season screamings could fit in the Hall of Shadows in Long Beach. 
Okay. So yeah. for comparison, that's kind of the space we're, we're dealing with for those of you that are that are midsummer vets. Um, so we won't have a hall, you know, for, for haunts or anything like that at this one. Um, we will have some live entertainment, but we're really trying to skew away from things that are going to create like bottlenecks or a yeah. lot of people just like gathering just to gather mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same idea with, with season screenings, to be yeah. honest. Like we're not going to have a lot of shows that like hundreds of people are going to sit, stand there, you know, and watch. Yeah. We're, we're not comfortable at with doing that at this point. So... Um, so Awaken the Spirits is going to feature a ton of fantastic vendors and artisans That's good. with their stuff. Not just shopping. You guys are going to have a presentation stage. We are. We're going to have a, a large presentation stage. Very similar. Um, again, not as big as in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at about 1,300 people for the main stage. So it's going to be a separate room? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. yeah. It's going to be its own space. And um, we're going to have presentations. At this point, I can announce we're, we're going to have presentations by uh, 13th Floor Entertainment. So they do LA Haunted Hayride and Delusion, the return of Delusion yeah. this year. It's going to be a big deal. Uh, Winchester Mystery House. They're going to come down and tell everybody what they have planned. Awesome. And our friends from Six Flags Magic Mountain, they're going to come talk all about Fright Fest this year. And we anticipate to add more content obviously we're working on things right now mm-hmm. and we'll be making more announcements literally in the days and weeks ahead because awesome. i was gonna say months but mm, we don't have don't months, have months. Nope. <laughs> so the the news is going to come fast and furious and it's very exciting at this point and we are we're moving at warp speed and you know kids don't try this at home i, I wouldn't recommend trying to put something like this together unless you are in the situation like we are with a team that We've done this. We're comfortable with each other. We've hit the ground running before. Yeah. Now we're really like hitting the ground, not even running. It's it's literally warp speed for us. But everybody's on board. And you know what? We haven't, whether it's a theme park or whether it's a, a vendor, we haven't run into one person that said, no, no, I'm not. I, I don't want to get back to Everybody is like, hell yes, sign me up. Let's do this thing. Awesome. So everybody has been completely on board. And the community... I really think that this is, we really think this is what the community uh, needs. And it's it's a much needed shot in the arm mm-hmm. for, for Southern California. Absolutely. So I don't know if I asked you this before, but um, there is kind of a, a full circle effect with Midsummer Scream going back to the Pasadena Convention Center. What is that like for you as you begin planning and looking over the, you know, the, the layouts once again, looking yeah. at the whole venue once again? All of these years later, having done what you've done and accomplished what you've accomplished, what is that like? Yeah, so what Veronica is talking about for Midsummer 101, folks, is um, we originally started with producing Scare LA. And when we moved from the Reef in downtown Los Angeles to Pasadena, that was our first convention center uh, venue. And when we created Midsummer Scream, we went straight to the Long Beach Convention Center because we realized, well, number one, we need to differentiate ourselves yeah. from the other event. Um, but we also, frankly, our first year for Midsummer was too big for what Pasadena has as far as the venue goes. Mm-hmm. So it made the decision really easy, you know, when it comes to a, a capabilities and, and, and uh, you know, size-wise, we needed a bigger venue to begin with. Um, I didn't remember Pasadena. I mean, I've gone for other shows and other things there over the years, but it's different when you wander in as a guest and, oh, you're looking at this and that. You're mm-hmm. not really looking at the venue itself, bare bones, right? So, no, we had I had to take a walkthrough again with everybody, and David like was saying, oh, well, we're going to have this hall and this hall, and we're, this, we can maybe do this one as the dark hall. And I'm like, dude, I 
it's all Greek because I have no visual concept <laughs> in my mind of the layout anymore. To me, it's all yeah. Long Beach. Yeah. I mean, we take a long walk through in Long Beach every yeah. year just as a refresher course. Uh, so no, it had been years, years right. since I've done something at Pasadena. That said, the people that are handling us internally were the ones that worked with us before, and they've worked with David on other things before. So they were very excited yeah. that we were coming back. And so it, it's a great venue. There are there there are a lot of hotels around. There are restaurants right across the street. Yep. It's very handy place mm-hmm. to have, you know, and hell, it's, it's walking distance <laughs> from my place. So <laughs> I just awesome. may do that every morning. But uh, it, it's, um, no, Pasadena is a beautiful venue. It's a really pretty venue. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's a gorgeous venue. Yeah, it is. And I think that everybody's going to come and have a fantastic time. But yeah, absolutely. I had to take a complete like crash course, refresher course in Pasadena. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to get, to be back, right? Yeah. It's not like, oh, I missed Pasadena and we're back. But it, it's interesting that, that this opportunity uh, came about. And um, we look forward to doing this. And we definitely look forward to doing season streamings at Pasadena this year. So... And hopefully the next year and the next year, you know. So season scream is going to be a recurring. That's a recurring thing. This is a Mm one-off. And uh, that said, I can't reiterate enough that not one person on our team, whether it's the executive team or the core team, not one person is resting on their laurels. Despite the fact that it's much smaller than Midsummer Scream scale-wise, the the fact that this is a one-off, it's just going to happen once and never again, knock on wood, uh, None of us are are like taking it easy and like just kind of going through the motions with this. We are all in this 150%. And I think that when it comes time for the doors to open and the fans to come streaming in again, everyone's going to feel that and feel like they're home again. Even though it's not Long Beach, they're going to know that they're with their people and with their family again. Oh, yeah. People are going to be in tears. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really emotional. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be really emotional for us. So Mm -hmm. many people in the community that we haven't seen for almost two years now. Yeah. Mm It's yeah, gonna, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty crazy. So, we may have seen yeah. a couple at, at one of the Knots events or something over uh-huh. the summer, but most of the people, yeah, we haven't seen in almost two years. It's really great. And like since we announced the event and tickets went on sale then the next day for the event, just seeing like the people commenting, oh my God, the year suddenly has gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Oh my goodness, I'm actually going to have a very happy birthday weekend for the first time in a couple of years. I saw that. That's really, really great to see that. And it gives you an amazing feeling even before you see the people show up. It's really exciting for us. And I saw that you guys had to turn off the the t-shirt sales because they were so insane right out the gate. Like pre-orders are full. I think that this is going to be a very successful uh, venture. Season Screamings is going to be very successful. And, I mean... Nobody's really quite announced their stuff yet, but I think that we are headed for the best and busiest Halloween season here in Southern California that we've had in decades. Yeah, people are ready to get out there and have some fun. I think so. I, I really like, I, I in my mind, because I've been thinking about this a lot, uh, you know, I, I've been to haunt events when the U.S. has engaged in war in the Middle East. Yeah. We've gone to haunt events following Mm 9-11 and so really this whole generation there's a whole generation of even young haunters and and people and fans they've never been through something like this so this is the first big show like this that's going to happen for them 
in the wake of COVID. And so uh, that's going to be really exciting for them. But then the Halloween season, you know, we we wanted to do something also because we've kind of established ourselves as the gateway to Halloween. Right. Yeah. And we were like, you know, we'll be damned if we're just going to sit back and, and like not be that for everyone this year, because we really do feel like the Halloween season this year. It's like we've all been to war and we've all been through this horrible thing. So I think that Halloween this year is going to be off the freaking charts. So, uh, no, I think it's really exciting for everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you foresee any any dip in attendance due to just the, the, the fear of, of, again, like you were saying, like the going into crowds or anything like that? Do you think that there will be sort of a hesitance or do you foresee people like going at it even harder because they weren't, they, they weren't able to do it before? Yes. Both. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what, what, I've seen, what I've seen online, I'll, and I'll tell you this, because you only know what you know. Yeah. Uh, what I have seen online, the enthusiasm from people, that if somebody, for whatever reason, chooses they're not ready for this, there are three other people ready to have their ticket. Yeah. So I, I think that we won't notice. And, and the capacity at, at Pasadena is so much lower mm-hmm. than Long Beach that we are fully expecting uh, a sellout show. And that will come sooner than later, I think. Yeah. But I, I think we're going to have a sold-out show. So if, if, if we had been a venue where we could have had 50,000 and then maybe suddenly there's 40,000 that show up and we were expecting 50, then maybe. But if you're at a venue that, you know, is, is good for 500 people and 500 people show up, well, you don't know how many people stayed away. Yeah. So we, we have the blessing of size, I guess, this time around. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's going to be successful. It's going to be a great time for everybody. Um, but we won't really know. I guess that, that won't manifest itself. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, people, there are people that take pause and think, oh, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. And again, I can't reiterate enough that if, if you do feel that way, hey, just know that we miss you. And we will be here for you when you are ready to come out and have fun with the family. What is the capacity at Pasadena? Well, I know that if we go over 5,000, not we, if if anybody goes over 5,000, it takes you into a larger scale event with all sorts of different guidelines and all that. And we won't hit that. Okay. We won't hit that. Pasadena is less than that. Yeah. So Pasadena is doing the work for us. We don't have to cut off tickets because we know that we can sell out and still fall under that large, large scale event. Yeah. And that's just tickets. Uh, that's not including on. like uh, the the people who are are well, it's everybody in the and building. So, oh, okay, so, so yeah. that's everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh, but no, it's going to be great. It's going to be busy. I mean, a lot of people have been there for other shows, yeah. so you know that it, when it gets busy in there, it feels busy. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, you just got to remember, it's not as busy as something the size of Long Beach Convention Center, which could hold a ton more of people. So, uh, no, it's going to feel, it's going to look and feel and have a lot of the earmarks of a Midsummer Scream. It's not Midsummer Scream, but it is the same group. It's the same family. And we're going to have the same fun. We just don't have a lot of the elements just because of size, Mm -hmm. you know, size and of course time. It takes a long time. It takes, yeah. it takes you know, a year and a half usually to plan Midsummer Scream. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're doing this in less than two, two months, there are some things that we obviously could not include. Yeah. And, uh, and haunters don't even have time to build, you know, mini haunts or whatever or displays for yeah. a hall. So that kind of took that out of the equation immediately as well, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of there not being space for us to, to rent where we could do something like that. We just know that we, we can't. 
I mean, yeah. that's, that's just a huge ask. Mm -hmm. So especially now they're starting to look towards what they're going to do at Halloween. The last thing they need to do is have me drop that bomb in their lap, <laughs> you know. And, no. Uh, yeah. And, you know, one of the hardships, we were talking about this over dinner, one of the hardships that we are finding out um, going into summer now and then beyond that, the, the new Halloween season, is the price of building materials, yep. specifically wood, mm -hmm. to build these haunts. That's going to be a secondary gut punch to a lot of these home haunters because they go to get their, their lumber at Home Depot or wherever they're going to get it, and suddenly it's like 600% more than it was the last time yeah. they built a haunt. So what I'm starting to hear through the grapevine now is that there are going to be home haunters and haunters that have to either really scale back because of just they don't have the, the pockets to do it, or they're not going to do it again this year. Mm -hmm. until the market settles out and behaves and, and things get back to normal price-wise, which, God, it's just this COVID, this, this has just been the gift that keeps on giving, you know. Mm -hmm. But we are getting through, and uh, I, I do think that we're going to have a tremendous Halloween. But, God, that's just another thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's COVID mixed with the, the whole Suez Canal issue that happened. I yep. mean, just the price of everything skyrocketing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, so... I don't know, I forgot what we're talking about, but I mean, <laughs> it, it will it will look like, smell like, taste like. Um, it's just, it's the fun size, right? It's yeah. the fun size version of what everybody is used to. And God, we just can't wait for next summer too. That finally getting to have our fifth anniversary show. You know, Seven been years two, in. Yeah, two years, <laughs> two years in the making, you know. Um, it's just, that's going to be so good. It's going to be It's going to be great. Awesome. Yeah. And we're fortunate as a team that we have Awaken the Spirits and then Season Screamings to really kind of, you know, get to our stride again. Because yes. we've become rusty yep. as a team, right? We've become rusty about like, oh, so like we announced this thing and, and we're off and running and people are asking questions and everybody's excited. And then David Marklin and I are like, oh, wait, oh, how are we going to handle media? We haven't even put the media thing up on the site yet. <laughs> so it is one of those things where, yes, we, we do sleep and, and live and eat this and but you know what? After not doing it for a couple of years, there are things where you're like, oh, duh, we got to get on that. Speaking of which, you need to send an email to Rick. There you go. I think you guys passes. know somebody. Oh, for, for media. Uh, for me, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I think you know a guy. But uh, yeah, so it, it's great. This is great. I don't want to say practice because it's not practice. This is like dress rehearsal stuff already for us. Yeah. But boy, it's really getting us really back into the swing of things so that we can hit next year's midsummer show just firing on all cylinders like no one has ever seen before and now that you had what will be almost three years of planning into Dude, it it's going to yes. be really awesome what's really great is we will bring we will carry over uh some of the really strong really great concepts and ideas that we've had since you know 20 you know 20 mm -hmm. and well i say 2019 because that's we really start planning a year ahead, you know a year ahead so all these really cool ideas for panels or hollow shadows or whatever those will carry over into 22 um but along the way the advantage of time is that we have a lot more ideas that are like even better and bigger and cooler that yeah. we'll also be able to implement so I guess if there's a silver lining to having two and a half years to plan, you know, a, yeah. a fifth anniversary convention, then then that's it. But that that is the silver lining. But it's just it's a lot of fun. It feels like a lot of work just because we haven't done this for a while. Yeah. Um, but God, the payoff is going to be so damn cool when we get to see everybody. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. So this is 
I feel like Midsummer Scream has been so far away, but this is where we're moving it up to three days now. Midsummer Scream uh, will be three days. Season Screamings will be three days. Okay. Um, Awaken the Spirits is going to be two days. Okay. It's going to be the Saturday okay. and Sunday. But the other two shows, yeah, absolutely. We're at the point where it's third day is the is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's something that the community has been asking for for a long time. Oh, yeah. And so, especially in the case of Midsummer, Midsummer, obviously. It was like the first year people were like, this needs to be <laughs> we four days. More, yeah. yeah, let's have a month. Yeah. But, uh, they wanted, it's like the Comic-Con of Halloween. Yeah, of course. So we, uh, we've we been well aware of that since yeah. the beginning. But, you know, the first couple years, I mean, if you go back and listen to the podcasts, like the first couple years, the, the focus really was on growing Hollow Shadows. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then once Hollow Shadows became a big boy and got its own hall, then it was, well, now what do we work on? Now we want to embiggen where the vendors are. And so the vendors, the show floor grew. And so it got to the point where we took the entire Long Beach Convention Center for Midsummer Scream. And obviously then the next evolution would be, well, if you can't embiggen it anymore, you can stretch it out another day on the calendar. Yeah. So that's the point where we're at with that show. That's where the point where we're at already with season screamings. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, we'll have our first go at a three day event. I've never been through a three day event that we'll, we'll, we'll go be through that a, much more exhausting. That's right. A, a first, my first three day event will be in December, but, uh, we'll be ready for it. It's going to be great. It'll be yeah. a lot of fun. So I know last time you were here, we talked about the Halloween season. Yeah. Uh, but since then we've had like the lifting of guidelines, magic mountains, not even doing reservations. Now you can just show up and go. I think thank Disneyland. God. Let's just say, thank God. Yeah. I'm so sick of having to do reservations for anything that I want to do. I think Disneyland's no longer reservations, right? Oh, no. I think they're like sold out through like October or something. They're sold oh, out is for it? months, I think. And oh. I know. I, I know. don't know, but I, I know that Disneyland is. No, maybe it was. Maybe it's Walt Disney World that's not doing reservations anymore. I don't know. Can't remember. I'm not sure what Florida's doing. But I know Knott's is still doing reservations. Do you for foresee a while. that? Pushing into Scary Farm? I don't know, and I hope not with Scary Farm. Yeah. We're hoping that they, they uh, expand the sales of the passes for they Scary Farm. So right now they sold out so fast, we didn't have time to get one, so, so we don't now, have a Scary Farm pass. Here's a talking point, because people have said this online, and people yeah. have talked to me about it. My feeling as an event producer, and I could be completely wrong, I might have completely missed something on this, mm-hmm. but we have the Platinum Passes for Cedar Fair. Mm-hmm. We never even had the option as platinum holders to buy a pass. So I'm wondering if that has been taken, that page has been taken live or whatever on the site, but it's just showing sold out because they've not even gone on sale yet. Mm, I wonder. I'm wondering if that's what's happened because never once did not say, hey, get them while they last. They haven't even announced that they're doing haunt this year. Well, because so, I know people that got the scary farm pass. As like an add-on? Yeah, you had to buy it. Like it was $98 up front when you... And you bought it with your season pass. Well, I don't know. The, the answer is I don't know. Yeah. Because, or maybe they realized. But oh, there was a thing saying that that it could be canceled. And if it yeah. is canceled, you'll get refunded the money or something like that. I don't like know. That. I don't know how that works. Maybe but, they just decided to do it. But um, it was apparently really limited sales because like it sold out within weeks. Or maybe somebody was like, whoa, 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 we're selling this and we don't even, we didn't even announce that we're doing it. Yeah. Wrong. So they could have just like, put the kibosh on That's that. That's true right? too. Yeah. That could they happen. Yeah. Hold. 
on that, right? Because we went to buy yeah. them and it said sold out. Yeah. And we're like, oh, all right. But then they <laughs> yeah. haven't even announced. You're right. They haven't even they announced, announced that they're doing that a scary farm. Yeah. And as far as I know, I haven't heard anybody get a rehire card either. So I'm No, like, but they did mm. send out the letter saying, hey, if we were going to do this event, do you want to be part of it? Right. And I don't know who they, who all they sent it to. I only heard that from a few folks. Yeah. My, my feeling on it, and again, I could be way wrong because I don't know. Um, my feeling is as an event planner, uh, you know, I don't even know if I'm a park, if I would be at a point where I'd want to sell yeah. a pass for this year. They're going to be so busy capacity-wise anyway. I don't know if I want that lack of revenue because it is a lack of revenue. Yeah. If you have 2,000, 3,000 people coming in a weekend that have their haunt passes or whatever, well, those are two or 3,000 people that aren't buying a night pass mm-hmm. to come in. And we all know that every company out there in their own way is really trying to figure out how to cut corners or how to make up for lost revenue mm-hmm. from mom and pop chicken shop to the casinos in vegas yeah. everyone is scrambling to make up a lost year and a half worth of revenue so if i'm not if i'm a, if i'm a park that has passes i don't know that i am offering passes <laughs> for that year yeah. so th- it is a big question mark i don't know what what they're doing with with the with the haunt pass I don't. hopefully they'll be uh at Awaken the spirits, and we'll find out. Well, well maybe, maybe some. Well, and if they're not with us, then just hopefully somebody soon will maybe shine some light on that and yeah. get some clarity. Well, Disneyland that. didn't. They got rid of the annual pass in general, correct? Was this during COVID? Yeah, that this happened. Yeah. So yeah. they could have been seeing that far into the future where they knew that when they did start opening up, they weren't going to be able to quote unquote afford having that many people as pass holders, and they'd rather keep it as full ticket price patrons. This for a, a time. Whole, this subject is an entire podcast yeah. in its own yeah. over like a six pack because <laughs> it's my opinion. And, and I say this with all the love I can. Disneyland is its own worst enemy when it comes to convoluting things and making things unnecessarily complicated. Yes. Um, boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I just my, my thinking is that Disney knew for a long time. For a long time, that it it's it created a monster. Yeah. Well, with when I was pass program, right? When I was okay. working there, they we had a few meetings in the special event crew where they were even talked about. Like, I don't think it was necessarily supposed to be part of our stuff, but we were there, and they were they even back then. So this was like 2007. They were talking about ways to tweak the annual pass system, and so they've known since at least then yeah. that it was an issue. Well, I think it's a problem when you create a multi-tier system where you can have entire family members getting a pass for, what, $8 a month or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Suddenly, Disneyland Resort becomes the shopping mall. It doesn't Mm -hmm. become something special Mm -hmm. anymore, right? So they poisoned their own well. They Mm -hmm. really did. And they knew they had a problem for years. Yeah. The cast members, they are spread so thin. They're not having a good time anymore. The poor attractions can't even operate normally because they're not designed for that kind of load yep. 365 days a year. And the infrastructure of the park. I mean, has, is there any land at Disneyland that doesn't smell like sewer backup now? Because the park was never intended to be that busy every day, all the time, every yeah. year. So they know that there's a problem. So COVID comes along. It gives them a chance. This is their great flood. They get to wipe everything out and start <laughs> over again, right? Now, back in the day, when I was a f- early pass, pass holder, they had two passes. They had a premium pass, and they had the deluxe pass. Yep. And that was it. Yeah. And it worked just fine. 
and you paid it all at once. And if you couldn't afford it, so sad, too bad. Yeah. But I mean, that that's just the way life is. Life isn't fair, kids. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not everybody should be able to afford a pass to a theme park. Period. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you want it, get a second job, pay for it, whatever you do. But it shouldn't be a right. It's a luxury to yeah. go to these things, right? And That's definitely not the mindset of most Disney fans these well, days. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, Walt didn't say Disneyland is your land anytime you want, every time of day, even if you want to just come in and sit on, on a curb and take up space. Yeah. I mean, he made something that families and people could come and spend time and enjoy and experience together. He was probably thinking maybe once every year or two. You know, that, that yeah. probably is thinking. I'm not in his head, but I'm guessing. He wasn't thinking, oh, we're going to have people come out here five days a week and just sit here and act like they own the place. Yeah. And the that sheer numbers. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the numbers. There's just no way. So now they have the company saying they're going to introduce in the months ahead some sort of membership program. Yeah. What the hell that means in Disney speak is anybody's guess. I hope it's like a, a subway card. And you buy six tickets and you get one free oh, or something. Man, I have no idea. But again, <laughs> like, like a rewards I said, program. Yeah, a rewards I program. Think, I, I think that Disney is the master of convoluting things and making shit so difficult and so just complicated unnecessarily. I, I'm very curious in, in, a, in a morbid kind of way. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see. Yeah. What I they wonder do. if it's going to be something like that pass that they brought out the very end where it was like you couldn't really use it to get into the park it was like you could use it to make a reservation at another time to then come into the park but you couldn't just drop in and go you know in a perfect world wouldn't it be nice just to go to disneyland and not have to worry about making reservations for anything not having to worry about what the hell a virtual queue is not having to worry about whether the wi-fi will reach your phone and the app that they make Mm -hmm. you use for everything you just explore the park. It opens up. It 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 introduces you to its surprises. There's a new thing to discover around every turn. Oh, there's the new Rise of the Resistance ride. Ooh, really? The line is like three hours long? Well, they designed the queue for that kind of thing, so it should be able to hold that many people. Yep. So let's just wait in line like they have for over six decades at Disneyland yeah. for new rides. I'd be totally fine with getting rid of right? Fast Pass. Just get rid of everything. Like if I'm a family that's coming from middle America and I arrive at Disneyland and I've got the hotel, I've got my theme park tickets, and I didn't realize that I have to get a virtual pass to ride this new Star Wars Land yeah. ride. Because guess what, folks? Not everyone's tapped in like like the fans are to what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, how pissed off would I, you be if I, your family is told yeah. you can't ride this new shiny thing because you didn't make a reservation? I feel like that happened when we went to Seattle and we couldn't go see the underground city. Yeah, that made me mad. Uh, <laughs> because on their website, it says, tours leave every five minutes. No need to make reservations. You can if you want, but you don't need to. You can just drop in, buy a ticket, and in 30 minutes, you can be on a tour. So we're like, great. We don't need to like put any constraints on our time. We'll just go and we go and we'll wait for our tour. We get there. Oh, we're sold out today. I was like, your website says. Yeah. I was like, no, it's Whoa. maddening. It's no. maddening. But I mean, I would be okay with a fast pass system where, like, let's say you get a Grand Californian hotel and they're like, you know what? Thanks for paying $450 tonight. Here's that was like one. 10 years ago. However much it is now. <laughs> however much it is. And then they're like, here's one fast pass. You can use it on any ride and get you the front of the line. Thanks for like staying at the resort. 
So it's an incentive. It's yeah. not an entitlement. It's an. I mean, incentive it's kind of like. I mean, that's what you like. Sort of like Universal does with their passes. If you stay at certain hotels, you can get the front of the line thing. Yeah. And it works out pretty good. So now that the podcast has become the theme park ticketing trio, <laughs> uh, I will rein it back in and say, guess what? You're not going to have to make reservations to come to Awaken the Spirits. You just got to have a ticket and they're on sale. But yeah, I mean, just seriously, getting back to stuff, I just, I think people want normal. And, yeah. and, and God, it, the sooner that these parks can get rid of just such the rigorous online virtual stuff and reservation making and just start acting like theme parks are supposed to act i think we're all better for that so do you want to announce the uh the midsummer screen membership program now or (laughs) it's called just be a fan and follow us online and you're already in Mm -hmm. that that that's 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 it i mean it's just you know as a designer and in my day job i do work as a theme park designer anybody that's listening going well you know rick doesn't know what the hell he's talking I do this for a living. I've done it for the past 10 years for a living, designing parks and attractions. And you know what? At the end of the day, no matter how many billions of dollars you, you spend on smart technology, people just want it kept simple, stupid. Yep. Well, I mean, look, they already you got rid up, of... You buy your ticket, you go in, you wait in the line to do the thing. They already got rid of that whole system. They spent like, a, what, over a billion dollars on it? Of course. At- what system? The what was it called? I don't know. The thing in plus or the, you know, the thing in the Florida. RFID bracelet. Yeah, all that stuff. The, oh, the the smart band. They don't yeah, have the, that anymore. No, they no, got, they got rid, of rid of it. In Florida. Now they just have a phone app like Disneyland. <laughs> so it's just you know it's one of those hmm. things where it's like, you know, if you had just kept it simple, stupid, yep. it would have been fine. But also, this might there might be a little bit of of, and I include this in my for myself also a little bit of okay boomerism because kids like the next generation is so technologically savvy that they might more benefit from something like that than our generation where we're okay with waiting in line because we have some element of patience and you know we just know things to be in a certain way we know that they flow in a certain way so there could be something that we it's just not for us but Mm -hmm. it also it's going to take time and trial and error to get right because you know we're not dead yet we're still the you know we're still the target audience. So even though we may not understand or or be able to function, and it doesn't always function well, but there might be the younger generation might think that that stuff was cool or find it helpful and it helps them plan. It's like okay, but you know I don't necessarily think that way, and you know a lot of us don't. But my response to that is then if you are finding that younger generations would much rather go online and make their reservation rather than just live in the moment, then make better cues. Yep. Make them more interactive. Make mm-hmm. them more interesting. Make them a very integral part of the story that yeah. you're telling, right? Yeah. Uh, so, the, the you know, the cue for Indiana Jones back in the day. You know, oh, yeah. That's a prime example. Or that the cue great. for the Harry Potter ride. Exactly. Forbidden yeah. Journey. That, the same way. Absolutely hey, I think amazing. that the cue for Journey is better than the ride itself. Yeah, so, it is. I it's mean, amazing. Th- and that says a lot. And that's a huge props to well, them. It's not The ride's always breaking. It, it's it's <laughs> a huge props to the designers of that because they did an amazing job with yeah. that cue area. Absolutely so I, I think that the challenge is if you are finding that younger generations would much rather just go on the app, make the reservation, blow through your queue, and just go right to the loading station then you need to change the way that you're designing. And you're going to want to make it like, oh my God, wait, dude, you don't want to miss going through, you know, Hogwarts. 
Because if yeah. you just show up at the loading area and you miss going through and seeing all the different chambers and, and, and all the cool effects, you lose a whole and part of that And at that part, experience. you're no longer really a theme park. You're just a, a thrill park or whatever. Like, or an amusement What's park, the point yeah. of even theming your queues? It's just, at that point, it becomes hurry, 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 step right up. Yep. So right? you're proposing something that is fundamentally different than what Knott's has been doing for the past however many years. The fact that the, the main attraction is the main attraction and the queue is just a queue. It's just a place to wait in line. There are a few exceptions. If John Cook is involved, there's going to be mm-hmm. exceptions in that queue line. But for the most part, we have a very long time to wait. So I'm thinking like if there is some sort of you you check in your place in line or something like that, and but that's not something that they utilize. I mean... Are they too think, far into it to to take that into consideration? I don't think Knott's could handle the crowds not being in the queue. Like if Disneyland was that crowded when nobody yeah. was in the queue, imagine what Knott's would be like. Yeah, Knott's without, would getting, be too. without getting too into the weeds, because not everybody listening wants to know how sausage is made, <laughs> right? So w- without getting too far into the weeds, part of your in-park theoretical capacity does account for how many hundreds and thousands of people at a time are in queues. Yeah. And suddenly if there are no queues... Your theoretical really shrinks. Yeah. And the bottom line, that means you're making less money. So the operators probably really don't want to go down that road too far. Um, I'm thinking that parks like Knott's, parks parks on the East Coast, like like Bush Gardens, right? Those are beautiful parks, but they are more amusement parks than theme parks, right? There are parts of Knott's that are themed. I would say that most of Knott's is a theme park. That said, a lot of their queues are set up like an amusement park. Are you following along at home? So This is very interesting. With with the exception (laughs) of things like the mine train or the log ride that do kind of, well, mine train more than log ride, but they both have exterior queues that are just kind of like switchback hell, right? Yeah. Um, Those do kind of get you into it, right? And those Mm -hmm. were done a long time ago before I was born. Yeah. So not, they do know how to do this kind of thing. That was a theme. They know how to do this thing. In that case, I have no problem as a consumer buying a front of line pass. Yeah. Like if I go to Bush Gardens or if I even go to, you know, a park that's themed like like Universal Studios. Like if you stay at a hotel on property in Orlando that's a universal property, mm-hmm. you get a front of the line pass. Yep. I have no problem with that. And people scream and cry elitism again. That's the whole entitlement thing. And I'm sorry, it just doesn't fly with me. And if you're going for horror nights in Orlando, it's 100% worth it. 100% worth it to pay the extra. I have no problem with that. What I do have a problem with as a designer and really as a fan of these things, if I wasn't a fan, I wouldn't be a designer. That said, like, I don't mind skipping switchback hell to get up to the loading station for the roller coaster. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. What I do mind is missing a really great queue. Like, you know, in Pandora, the queue for the, the, the flight attraction, um, again, it, it, it's kind of on par with the ride, if not big. It's like a Harry Potter situation yeah. where Ooh. the queue areas are so damn good that if you miss those, you really are missing a huge chunk of the story. Yeah. The that you've already aspect. paid money to go be entertained part. by yeah. and, and part of. So, I, I, you know, if it comes to a regional amusement park, definitely a Magic Mountain or a Six Flags Park or whatever. Mm-hmm. Look, if you can afford the pass to get in front of the line, there you go. That's the weenie for you, right? Yep. And I have no problem with that. Um, but when it comes to theme parks, especially something like a Disney, 
mm-hmm. that pounds their chest all the time and says, even our bathroom, even the toilet paper tells a story, <laughs> you know, then, then don't, don't mash us so far into the ground with fast passes and all this shit. Yeah. Because the, the cues were originally set up, yes, to hold people, obviously, but they were set up as part of your ride. Mm-hmm. And if you take that away, you disarm designers, number one, from a huge, huge tool in their storytelling kit. But you also kind of jip the guest because you're losing a huge part of the story and yeah. of the fun and of the buildup, you know? Yeah, there is more of that excitement. You're right, the buildup, like the delayed gratification of it. Exactly. And just the further and further, you know, depth of immersion yep. as you get closer and closer to the ride. It's all the buildup to yeah. it. And so I, I just cringe at the whole trend of, no, oh, let's just get them right on the ride. Yeah. You know? I know Universal you, you is so trying much. with some of their newer attractions. They're actually adding like front of the line pass specific cues. Yeah. I haven't tried any of them. I think there's one on the the Gringotts ride. Mm, I, I um, don't know. But, I mean, I'm sure you don't get the full experience of all the no. goblins and bank tellers no. and all that yeah. stuff. No, even like, like I know like Universal, and, and I haven't done Hagrid, so I don't know how the Hagrid's queue is set up. But, like, even for Gringotts, you at least, if you have a front of line pass, you at least walk through the same rooms. Yeah. yeah. You get the same show. It's when you... You know, skip right to the loading area. Yeah. I hate that. Or the way that they've done Indiana Jones for years now, where uh, yeah. you run through the quarter of a mile temple, and maybe you hit the line back up in in the in the room where the they're showing the video. Room. Yeah. yeah, I hate that because so many people poured so much into that queue experience, and really, that was one of the first queues that was just like, "What the hell? This is next level stuff." Yeah, mm-hmm. I gave you something to do. Nobody as well. even gets to see it anymore, and God. God help the person that stops to look at something. Boy, mm. if you stop to push the bamboo, you got 20 people running, flying right up your ass that want you out of their way because they're running to hurry up and wait. Yep. A, a, a couple rooms ahead of you. Like the whole thing has been destroyed. That whole buildup to the Temple of the Forbidden Eye has been completely destroyed. And but it also hasn't changed. Well, that ain't anybody's fault but Disney's. Yeah. But, so, you know, that could be thematic too since Indy's like tourists. <laughs> you know, so... Anyway, God, this is like, we're, we're, we're so way in, off the, in the weeds here. But I mean... But I want it, you it to is... know, we don't only have you here um, just to talk about <laughs> that know. stuff. Like, sure. you're you're another voice in this community that sure. has a much broader aspect. Because if we if someone is a fan of our podcast and a fan of Haunt, they probably like theme parks too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truly, you may not want to see how the entire sausage is made. But a brief little How Stuff Works cover yeah. is, you know, is appreciated by most. So cool. you have a you have a perspective on these that... That we appreciate and that our audience appreciates. So don't cool. don't think that you know you you have to only talk about Midsummer Scream. Like we we no enjoy worries. having you here yeah. to you know get to pick your brain about all things yeah you know, sure. sure attraction Absolutely. related. So yeah. yeah so yeah I mean so we will wait and see what this membership program is mm-hmm. and we will wait and see what Knotts does with Haunt Passes this year and uh, yeah the, the whole thing is very interesting. Because theme parks, obviously, uh, I think theme parks will go back to pretty much the way it was. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's face it. They are designed to work that way. And reducing capacities, social distancing, that ain't flying with the bean counters. No. You have to feed the beast when mm-hmm. you are certain. Even, okay, even we'll, we'll rein this in to, to, you know, people say to me, well, why couldn't you just do Midsummer Scream this year and do like half capacity or less? 
These things, whether it's an attraction or a large-scale convention, when done right, they're expensive toys. Yeah. Right? They're really expensive to do. Yes, we do it out of the kindness of our hearts, but it's a business, and it's really expensive to put on a Midsummer Scream, Mm -hmm. which is why there aren't 5, 10, 15 groups putting on their own Midsummer Screams out there. As somebody who does... It's a very unique and very expensive type of thing to do, right? Yeah. And risky. So like, even like just for our crew who builds shows. Yeah. Like you don't even want to know what the labor cost is. It's, it's ridiculous. On it's, something it's like this. It's beyond what people would think. Yeah. yeah. So when people <laughs> say, well, why don't you just. Why don't because you just. <laughs> as a business, that doesn't work. Yeah. No. The, ask, ask all the thousands of restaurants that have gone out of business in the last year. Because they couldn't do just takeout only. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things, businesses are built to, and, and Vegas, look at Vegas, okay? Everybody, oh, yeah. Your mother wants to go to Vegas, right? But even the casinos, when you have something like Mirage on the Strip, announce that it's only going to be operating from Thursday through Monday. And a lot of the Fiesta That's casinos, they're saying, are just gone forever. There's so like Green Valley, well. Fiesta. Oh, my God. There's like three or four of them that they're just like, we're not ever opening again. Closer to the spotlight that's on everybody's radar, the Palms hasn't reopened. <gasps> yep. And the Palms may not reopen for the rest of the year. Oh, is my what God. They're saying. Mm-hmm. So that was on Station Casinos bought the Palms, poured almost a billion, oh, that's with a B, a billion dollars into it to renovate it. Yeah. Then COVID hit. It closed. They sold it. They actually sold it to San Manuel. And so now they're saying that they may not even open that property for the rest of Does that mean Penn and Teller might come to San Manuel down here? Because that would be freaking awesome. There, no. I mean, yes, it would be awesome. But no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's, it's taken its toll. And so the fact is, while we would maybe want to in some way do these things, it's not feasible yeah and i guarantee you i mean what makes midsummer scream are the people if you're in a presentation by knots or universal and there's 500 people in the audience instead of 2,000 people in the audience it doesn't feel the same breaks your heart a little bit you know it just it just doesn't feel the same so it's it's one of those things where awaken the spirits and season screamings the fun size conventions we can do that because those are baby steps. Again, for others, mm-hmm. our baby steps are like their full show. I mean, that that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we get that. But they are baby steps for us to return the community to yeah. normal. And we will hopefully be completely normal by Christmas time and definitely next year for Midsummer Scream. So that's just uh, that's what we do. And that's why we opted not to have Midsummer Scream again this year was because we Nobody would tell us, yes, beyond the shadow of a doubt, you don't have any capacity restrictions. You don't have this and that. Nobody could or would tell us that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had no choice. Well, and then, of course, Long Beach said, well, we're using this to, to house, you know, you know, uh, immigration issues and that type of thing. And so that could have even been taken. They made the decision for us. It, the venue mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been even available then yeah. for Midsummer Scream this year. So, you know, uh, the whole issue when people say, well, why can't you just run it at half capacity or I don't see why you couldn't just move it. Or, these things are so complicated and so expensive. You don't just pick up Midsummer Scream and, and move it two months down the line because guess what? The convention center has been booked for the last year. There yeah. aren't weekends to move it to. 
just you know yeah. just to pick it up and move it. And you if know? you really wanted to know about that, you can ask someone ask someone who used to have a convention and doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what went wrong? Why mm-hmm. couldn't you just? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, why couldn't you just? And, and you know what? <laughs> we get it. it. It's not bagging on anybody. But the, the fans are trying to be hopeful. They're yeah. trying to be enthusiastic. Sometimes you get people that are like throwing a tantrum because they're disappointed. And, and you know what? I get it. I'm guilty of that. I can get tantrum-y. But <laughs> it, it, it's like... Believe me when we say there isn't anything that you suggest that we haven't gone over a million times yeah. internally and tried to figure out what to do and how to do or if we can do. Um, turns out that we can and we will do Awaken the Spirits. We can and we will execute season screamings. And you bet your ass we can, will, and are going to have an amazing fifth anniversary Midsummer Scream next year. God damn, do you know so how to exciting. write a closing paragraph? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think it can get any better than that. Yeah. So Awaken the Spirits, August 14th and 14th 15th. 15th yep. Tickets on sale now. Right now, get them because so, they're going fast. Yeah, get them. As he said, it's smaller venues, smaller people. Get them. Not physically smaller, but just less people. <laughs> get them. Good thing that you differentiated between the two. That's awesome. <laughs> and at Season Screams, those, Screamings, those tickets are on sale as well, right? Or so, not yet. Not yet. And we will be making an announcement very soon where and when okay. you can get those tickets. And those are going to go, I think, just as fast. Same venue. As the, and I Same. maybe even faster because yeah. people know that we're going to have a hall with haunters. Yes. And, and, and Christmas so, horror. Dude, everybody loves Christmas, that. Christmas and horror go together like chocolate and peanut butter, yep. baby, right? Two great so, tastes that taste great together. That's right. So this is going to be the, you know, the nightmare before Christmas, you know, recipe mm-hmm. that we're going to bring to Pasadena, you know, in, in December. It's going to be very exciting. And yeah, it's our socials, you know, we're on the socials at Midsummer Scream. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're following the them because as they announce these ticket sales, you want to jump on you them. You bet. You bet. And, uh, you know, I do want to message out because this has been the number one ask uh, since we announced Awaken the Spirits. Um, if you have been a ticket holder of Midsummer Scream, whether it's 20 or 21, you cannot use those tickets to switch them over for Season Screamings or Awaken the Spirits because it's a separate event, it's a separate venue, it's a separate ticketing company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, your tickets for Midsummer Scream next year are going to be a lot more expensive than these tickets. For yeah, these they're worth a lot more. So, you know, we are we, we still are offering refunds. If people really need the money, because I get it. I get it painfully. I get it. Money is an issue with people these days. And if you if you need the money back, there are ways you can come to the site and we'll, you know, we'll walk you through that type of thing. But if you have the tickets, no, we haven't forgotten about you. We just, it's on hold. Midsummer Scream will be back next summer. Those tickets will be valid, as well as your gold bat passes. Those are all valid next summer. These Pasadena conventions, they are smaller and they are separate uh, ticketing companies. So we're not able to, even if we wanted to, we couldn't roll them over because it's just two different companies. Yeah. So it just doesn't work. So I just wanted to get that out there. We do have a FAQ, an FAQ on on the website about uh, Awaken the Spirits. Check that out because we are, um, Claire and David have been working really hard on that. Awesome. And uh, they're, they're tweaking it all the time. They're watching, you know, we all watch the social media and and that all goes into account as to what goes on the fact. Mm-hmm. So um, check that. And, and that's uh, at midsummerscream.org. It's all on midsummerscream.org. Yeah, yeah. it's there. 
So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's like the number one thing is about ticketing. And, uh, yes, also, even if you have small children, every able body that comes into the show, that's a ticket. Because capacity is so low at Pasadena, it's not a matter of 12 and under free or whatever. Mm-hmm. Every able Everybody that's going to take up a seat in a venue or a space in the walkway, that's a body. And, and that's yeah. got to have a ticket. Just able and small, disabled. Yep. <laughs> everybody. Right. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a smaller venue. So that's why, yeah. again, on, on the ticketing when it comes to that. Yeah, they're, they're different. It's like they're different you know species they're, they're just completely different. different entities yeah right different completely different entities it's like going to sea world versus going to the long beach aquarium yeah it, it two different animals mm-hmm. all right uh do you have anything you need to plug no um you could find me on instagram at veronica voices or stunt soundy uh, you can find casey or the podcast at tales from the fog and you can also follow us on youtube at tales from the fog as well mm-hmm And uh, until next time, guys, we'll see you in the fog. Bye, guys.